Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining our daily live call-in broadcast where trusted leaders bring biblical insights to the issues and you can call in and get your questions answered in real time. According to the Bible, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So call in today to get answers, information, and resources to help you stand for truth and affect godly change in our nation and the world. And now here's your host for today's broadcast, Dwayne Sheriff. Hey everyone, welcome to the Truth and Liberty broadcast. I'm your guest host today, special guest host today, Dwayne Sheriff. I'm standing in for our beloved Andrew Walmack, and he is preparing for the Phoenix, Arizona Gospel Truth Conference. And so I'm excited about being able to be here today and sharing with you. I enjoy this so much, and interaction is the main thing that we're looking for, as well as information, inspiration, hopefully education in certain topics is what Truth and Liberty is all about. So the the phone number is 716-619. I didn't say that right. Let me start over. 719-619-2341. That's our live call-in uh, number. We'd love to hear from you today. Uh, 719-619-2341. And before I get into the topic that's on my heart today, and hopefully begin to receive your calls and answer your questions, um, I need to give you some announcements. As I've already stated, uh, we have our Phoenix Gospel Truth Conference 2024 that starts tomorrow, January the 4th, It's January the 4th, 5th, and 6th. Its location is the Renaissance Phoenix Glendale Hotel and Spa. Our speakers for this conference is Andrew Walmack and Pastor Jim Baker. And I know you'll be blessed. You want to start your year off with the Truth Conference, uh, Gospel Truth Conference. They're always a blessing, and I know you'll enjoy Jim Baker and certainly Andrew You need to register at awmi.net, awmi.net. Registration is free. The conference is free, but it'll help you to register. They have some things for you. We also, on January the 15th, January the 15th, we have our Susan B. Anthony Pro-Life American Event 2024. That's a pro-life event, Um, Susan B. Anthony. That's actually in Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas, not far from where I'm located, actually, only about an hour and a half away from God's country here in Oklahoma, here in Oklahoma. But that's Dallas, Texas. It'll be at the Trinity Dallas Church, the Trinity Dallas Church at 4050 Herschel Avenue, Dallas, Texas, 75219. So that's the Trinity Dallas Church. Again, Andrew will be speaking there as well as our own Richard Harris, uh, who is one of our our main host and president or vice president, I guess, of Truth and Liberty. So that'll be a real blessing for you as well in Dallas, Texas. There's also coming up January the 27th, a one-day event, January the 27th, um, the Stand Foundation and the Called Church Service 2024. That's the Stand Foundation and the Called 
church service. That's with Andrew Walmack as well and Bishop E.W. Jackson. And Bishop Jackson has just withdrawn from the presidential race, but he's been in the presidential race. As you can imagine, uh, he's been ignored basically by the mainstream media. And so I think he'll have a lot to say. That's January the 27th, the Stan Foundation and the Called Church Service 2024. It'll be held at 700, 700 Conference Center, Conference Center Drive, Chesapeake, Virginia, 23320 United States. 700 Conference Center Drive, Chesapeake, Virginia. And I know, again, that'll be a blessing to you. I want to invite you to be a part of Truth and Liberty and our website at Truth and Liberty, Truth and Liberty, one word, truthandliberty.net. Man, we've got some tremendous resources there for you. I'm enjoying them more and more. They're helping me and blessing me and my friends. And so go to the website. Uh, look at what we have available. We've got a 24-hour news feed that is updated on a regular basis, and it is from conservative outlets, primarily uh, trustworthy, they've been vetted type uh, organizations that are attempting to speak the truth and to get news out. We don't even know what news is in our culture today. What you watch at 6 o'clock, many of you on the main networks is not news. That's propaganda. That is a biased narrative. Um, it's, a, it's an arm. Literally, our news outlets have become arms uh, and, and a part of a liberal agenda and promoting that which is basically anti-God anti-God. So much fraud, so much deception. Uh, you need a source for information. We're about to amp up now in the political season for 2024. We've got some major elections coming up, and you're going to need to go somewhere to find some truth, to find what are people saying, and what are their policies, and what will they offer if we empower them to be a part of government. And so you're going to need these things. And so I'm excited about this election and about truth and liberty and a place where you can, you can find the truth and, and maintain our liberty. Truth always leads to freedom. Lies and fraud always lead to some type of being ensnared or enslaved. And so I really believe the, the, the website will be a tremendous blessing this upcoming year for you. All right, let's talk about what I have on my heart. And, and that is I've been sharing everywhere I've been ministering recently on some safeguards for deception and to avoid deception. And I've shared some of those things right here on Truth and Liberty. I have a, a series that I'm still in the, in the middle of because we, we again are about to come into a season where there's going to be so much fraud, so much deception, so much hypocrisies and lies that you and I have to have discernment in these latter days. And there's something that Paul told a young pastor, Timothy, here 
in 1 Timothy chapter 4 that I want to I want to uh, lay out for you and then and then just quickly hopefully cover some safeguards so that we do not become a needless casualty to the the information war and warfare that is taking place in our world today and especially even in our our culture we need desperately discernment as the people of God and so in in 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1 now the spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of devils speaking lies in hypocrisy having their own conscience seared with a hot iron forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Then he goes into some other things about about dietary laws and and God creating all things, all all the animals um, to be received with thanksgiving if you know the word and you know the truth. And so he just mentions a couple of doctrines of devils here, but brothers and sisters, had this been written in our hour, who knows what he would have listed as things that cause people to depart from the faith that involve deceiving spirits and doctrines, literally. The word doctrine simply means teachings, teachings, doctrines of devils, that there are things in our culture that you have to have help to believe. And I'm telling you, there's there's demonic help to believe some of the deception that people have fallen into. And while many of them cannot be reached, they must be loved. We must continue to share the gospel, share the truth in love with them, in hope that their eyes will be opened and that they can be saved. Some of them will not. Most of them in our hour will not be saved. They've been given over to a reprobate mind. And so I'm not trying to reach them. I'm not I'm not arguing with them or trying to debate with with the world. I'm sharing with the sheep and 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 with the lambs the things that have pulled people into the very, very pit of hell itself so that you don't get pulled away. How many of you are watching right now that you have family that have been deceived? that literally once believed in Judeo-Christian principles. They believed in the Word of God. They believed in absolutes. They believed in God's authority. They believed in an eternity to come. They believed in a heaven to be won and a hell to be shunned. And how many of those friends have departed from the faith? How many family members have departed from the faith? How many people have you known that literally have submitted themselves to deceiving spirits and doctrines of devils. When we read something like this, brothers and sisters, we need to know that God is cautioning us. God is warning us that these things are a part of our world and that we do not need to partake of them and these works of darkness in our world, lest we be drawn away, lest we begin to depart from from the faith. And so what are some things that will help us be established? Let me give you another scripture that's kind of converse to this by by the Apostle Paul. 
Let's just go back a book or two here to Colossians chapter 2 and, and look at verse 5. Colossians 2, 5. I'm reading from the New King James Bible. For though I am absent in the flesh, yet I, am I with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. The steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As we go into this new year, I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, there are some things on the horizon that are literally demonic and that anyone with discernment, anyone with a pure relationship with the Lord will be able to identify these things as, as fraudulent, as lies, as deception. And, and yet I know of people just like you know of people that did not take, take heed to these scriptures and guard their own heart. Guard their own heart. We don't need to just have faith in Christ. We need to make sure we're doing the things that would keep us from departing from the faith. And we need to make sure we're doing the things that would cause us now to be established in the faith. And, and he goes on to, after he said that we need to be steadfast in our faith in Christ, look at verse 6. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Notice that we're to be steadfast now in our faith. We are warned that some, because of these deceiving spirits and doctrines of devils, would depart from the faith. And, and now we're being told we have to be taught, brothers and sisters, and established now in the faith. And we need to abound in our faith with thanksgiving. You need to, you need to make a commitment. You talk about a New Year's resolution. People make New Year's resolutions on December the 31st, right before midnight. And by January the 1st at noon, most of them are broken. <laughs> we, need to, we need to be resolved in our heart in these last of the last days to be steadfast in our faith, to be established. We all know people who have faith in Jesus, but are they established in the faith? Are our children established in the faith or are they being so bombarded with deceiving spirits and with doctrines of devils that they're weak in their faith, they're wavering in their faith, and they're departing from the faith. Many times we send our children as Christians who, who were raised in church, we'll send them off to colleges, we'll pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to professors to brainwash our children, to indoctrinate our children against God to produce doubt and unbelief in their heart, to get them to renounce, literally, their faith. And many, I've seen studies up to, up to 80% of our kids that go off to these colleges and, and wind up renouncing their faith, departing from the faith because they're not well established in their faith. I can't encourage you enough. If you're a grandparent watching or you're a parent, that is watching right now, 
you've got to get your children habitually exposed to the things of the kingdom of God. You've got to figure out creative ways when they're little to get the word of God into their heart. Get them in a good church. Get them in a good Bible study. Get them in camps. Get them in any setting you can get them into where they can be exposed to the Spirit of God, exposed to the Word of God, and not just hear it and have faith, but be taught so they can be established in the faith. You know, I would not send one of my children to one of these these colleges in America today right out of high school. Boy, you need to, if you, if you feel like your children are called into a vocation where they have to have higher education and a degree or a doctorate's degree, if they're going to be a, a lawyer perhaps or a doctor, they're going to have to seek higher education. But brothers and sisters, I would strongly consider and pray about sending them even to one year of Karis Bible School to get them established in their faith, to get them rooted and grounded and built up in Him. This is what Karis Bible School is all about. This is why I'm honored to be an adjunct uh, professor or teacher. I'm not just a junk teacher, hallelujah. I'm an adjunct teacher. (laughs) And I'm honored to be a part of that because I see the fruit of teaching them how to build their relationship with the Lord, how to get established in their faith, how to get rooted and grounded. If you're not established in your faith, if you've not been taught thoroughly at least an overview of the kingdom of God and the scriptures and New Testament grace versus Old Testament law and who Jesus is and how to develop practices that will establish you in your faith, you need to think about Karis Bible School immediately. You need to look at our online courses and, and begin to be taught who Jesus is, who you are in Jesus, and how to develop spiritual practices that keep us from departing from the faith. Man, this is so important. This is so powerful. Well, what are some safeguards to prevent people from being deceived by demonic spirits or indoctrinated by doctrines of devils. And when you hear what most of the woke movement espouses, it's literally doctrines of demons. It at its root is evil. And yet we have good Christian people that are so immature, so carnal, and I'm not being mean. I'm not putting anybody down. We're all born into the kingdom of God, immature. And we have to deal with most of our Christian life putting off different immaturities. But there's such an immaturity in most of our churches and in most believers today, they're easily deceived by these deceiving spirits. And they buy into these doctrines of devils. So what are some quick safeguards to help you, A, not depart from the faith, as some some have, B, Um, be steadfast in your faith. C, be established in your faith and rooted and grounded in Jesus. What are some of those, those safeguards that you need to make sure you're pursuing in these, in these very deceptive days? 
Well, number one, and I shared this on previous broadcasts, is the Word of God. And to be honest, I don't want to go there <laughs> because I'll, I'll lose all my time. I can just talk about the Word of God and the power of the Word of God, the authority of the Word of God, how to, how to rightly divide the Word of God, uh, to study, to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. We have to learn how to even study Scripture, how, to, how there's an old covenant, new covenant, and the power of the Word of God. It's the Word of God and knowing the Word of God that brings freedom in your life. John 17, 17, Jesus was praying, Sanctify them, set them apart by thy word, thy, by, thy, by truth, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. The Word of God and setting under the Word of God, I said I wasn't going to do this. Now here I am doing it. <laughs> Hallelujah. I just get excited. The Word of God has the supernatural power to sanctify you, to set you apart. Apart from what? Apart from departing from the faith. Apart from being so weak in the faith that you're duped by these deceiving spirits and doctrines of devils in our culture today that have infected the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's God's Word that just supernaturally cleanses you. Ephesians 5.26 says, Paul was speaking about how that the Word of God is like water, and there's this washing of the water of the Word of God that takes place in the church. So God's Word is a safeguard against all deception. God's Word is a safeguard against these doctrines of devils in our culture that, again, are affecting the church and infecting the church with a spirit that is causing some to depart from the faith. So number one is the Word of God. I can't encourage you enough to read it, to study it, to rightly divide it, to let other ministries like Andrew Walmack Ministry help guide you into, into truth it's the Holy Spirit that's leading and guiding us into all truth, but it's the Holy Spirit that's on the church. And there are members of the body of Christ that are anointed teachers that can bless you and help you get established in your faith. Because Colossians chapter 2, I didn't go back to it, verse 8 warns us. Look at verse 8. Let's go back there before I go to number 2 on these safeguards. Colossians 2.8, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy, empty deceit, according to the traditions of men, according to the basic principles of the world, not according to Christ. I like the King James Bible a little better uh, than, than the New King James there. It says, Let no man spoil you. To spoil is to go from, from good to bad, like milk in a refrigerator gets spoiled. Uh, sandwich meat, uh, if you don't eat it within a week or two, it gets spoiled. It was good, but it went from good to bad. That's what spoiled means. And so you have so many good people, so many people that have given their heart to Jesus, that love Jesus, and immediately the God of this world begins to war against them. The principalities and powers of this world war against them. And if they're not equipped, if they're not taught, they'll be spoiled Go from good to bad by philosophy. Do you realize how much vain, false, ungodly philosophy we have in our world today? The ideas of man, the wisdom of man, it's spoiling people 
taking them from good to bad. Vain deceit, outright fraud, outright lies. Man, we have people on the international and national news mountain that are professional professional liars. They have demonic spirits that they know they're lying. They know we know they're lying, and yet they can do it with a straight face, and they've lied so much to themselves, seared their conscience with such a hot iron that they're not the least bit convicted about it. You've got to be able to discern that, brothers and sisters, not to judge them, not to condemn them, but to not be spoiled. Then the traditions of men, so many traditions of men that Mark 7, 13, Jesus said, can make the word of God an effect. And then the elementary rudiments and basic demonic principles of this world. Warfare is real, spiritual Darkness is real that Ephesians chapter 6 warns us against, that we're in a battle. And so you need God's Word. Number two is the voice of God. I actually believe I ministered that last time I was here on Truth and Liberty, is the voice of God. We have to learn to discern God's voice versus Revelation 13, 11. John spoke of the voice of the dragon. There's the voice of the dragon, then there's the voice of the lamb. And you learn to discern We have to learn to take heed to the lead of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so God's voice and developing an ear to hear. we got to develop an ear to hear. What is God saying to the church today? And then where I wanted to get to, number three safeguard is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. I've got just a couple of minutes before the break. Look with me real quick at Psalms, the book of Psalms 36. Psalms chapter 30, 36. It is the fear of the Lord that causes us to depart from evil. When you learn this healthy fear of the Lord, you depart from evil. See, when we don't have a fear of God in our churches, we don't have a fear of God, a holy, healthy fear of God. I'm not talking about a demonic fear. I'm not talking about a tormenting fear. I'm not talking about anxieties. I'm not talking about a fear of God's wrath against us as believers. I'm talking about a healthy reverence for God. I'm talking about a fear of God that there is a God and you are not Him and that we're going to be held accountable for our lives. When there is a fear of God, of facing God to give an account for our lives, we depart from evil. When there's no fear of God, listen, we depart from the faith. Think about that for a minute. Let that sink in. When there's no fear of God, when there's no healthy fear of God, we depart from God. When there's a healthy fear, then there is a departing from from evil. The fear of the Lord... Proverbs chapter 8, I think it's verse 13. It says, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, hate evil. And so there's a departing from evil in the fear of the Lord, but there's a departing from the faith when we participate in evil, when we embrace evil, when we celebrate evil, when we, when we cuddle and coddle evil. In Psalms 36, verse 1, the New King James Bible an oracle within my heart concerning the transgression of the weak, wicked. He's going to amplify why 
there's all this transgression of the wicked. Look at this. There is no fear of God before his eyes. People who are wicked have no fear of God. Not all the politicians in Washington, D.C. Are, are evil. Uh, there's a lot up there fighting to do the right thing, say the right thing, and promote the right thing. But many, many have absolutely no fear of God before their eyes. And so they, they amplify transgression. They embrace wickedness. And we've got to be different, brothers and sisters. We as the people of God have to learn to fear God and depart now from evil. Well, I'll be back in 90 seconds with your phone calls. Thanks for being a part of Truth and Liberty. With practical government, you have experts in the fields that are sharing their perspective, wisdom and experience. It's not available anywhere else in the world. We're going to teach a Christian heritage of our American government. They're going to learn about the Founding Fathers. We're teaching the Constitution, how government operates, practical skills, and field study. No matter where you're coming from, the world needs you. Whatever God's calling you to do, you're able to do it. To learn more, visit practicalgovernmentschool.com. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we work to unify, educate, and mobilize the body of Christ to change nations. That's why I want to encourage you to go to our website at truthandliberty.net and subscribe so that you can begin receiving regular updates uh, about our show, news items, action alerts, blog posts, and much, much more. Uh, all you have to do is go to the website, click subscribe, share your email address, and you'll begin to be equipped to stand for truth in the public square. Hi, my name is Carrie Pickett, and like many of you, I wear lots of hats. But most of all, I'm a child of God. Ever since I was young, my desire has been to share the unconditional love of God. There is nothing more rewarding to me than people changing their lives and then changing the world. That's why I'm inviting you to join me wherever you are, and let's discover together these foundational truths that will transform your life. Hey everyone, welcome back to Truth and Liberty. I'm your guest host today, Dwayne Sheriff. Andrew's not able to be with us. He's getting ready for the Phoenix, Arizona Truth Conference and uh, Gospel Truth Conference. I love that phrase, the Gospel Truth Conference. That starts tomorrow in Phoenix, Arizona. I gave you the announcement. Go to the website. You can, you can register for that conference. It's going to be over the top at Andrew Walmack Ministries, AWMI. Dot net. Well, I'm sharing on the fear of the Lord, and man, this was a huge thing in my life early in my experience with the Lord as an adult and had never heard anyone talk about the fear of the Lord. And the scriptures are just filled with admonitions of fearing God and the, the blessings associated with fearing God, the promises of long life and riches connected to fearing God. The, the definition of wisdom, that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. If you don't have the fear of the Lord and you don't understand the fear of the Lord, brothers and sisters, you're, you're cut off from God's wisdom and understanding. The beginning of knowledge is to fear the Lord. And that, that's what happened in our our public school systems, when we took prayer out of the, of the school and we took the Bible out of the school, then we took the source 
for young children to learn the fear of the Lord. And so we handicapped them from wisdom and knowledge. And that's why we, we see people graduating from high school today in many of our school systems that, that, that cannot write their names. Uh, and on and on I could go with how that there is no fear. The school shootings that have taken place in our, our culture, these students have no fear of God. They have no understanding of eternity. They have no understanding of the reality of a heaven and a hell and a day of judgment that people will stand before God and they will give an account for every deed done in their flesh. And you take, you take someone who goes into a mall or into a school and shoots these places up and, and, and murders innocent people and then they, then they take their own life. They commit suicide thinking they will miss the consequences of their wickedness, having no idea the minute they leave their body, they stand before God and they have to give an account now for murdering innocent people. There is a healthy fear of God. And this took me a while to, to get worked out and established in my own heart and life because I, I knew that there was a negative fear and that God hadn't given me. Timothy 1.7 says, God hadn't given us a spirit of fear, but of love and, 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 and power and a sound mind. Uh, so I knew there was an unhealthy fear, but I was never taught the fear of the Lord. And Jesus literally walked in the fear of the Lord. Let's look here at Isaiah 11. Isaiah, Isaiah 11, verse 2. This is talking about Jesus. Verse 1 establishes this, that this is a reference to Jesus. It says, The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge, and the fear of of the Lord. His delight is in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge by sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. And then it goes on to say some, some other wonderful things about Jesus and his ministry. But notice that the fear of the Lord was upon him, and that he delighted in the fear of the Lord. That's why Jesus is the sum total of all wisdom now and understanding is that the fear of the Lord was the beginning of wisdom in his life and understanding. And the fear of the Lord is what equipped him to depart from evil, equipped him not to yield to the temptations of the devil. And it's what will empower you, brothers and sisters, is this healthy reverence for God. Again, the, the, the fear of the Lord is not being afraid or tormented by the presence of God, it's a reverential fear. It is an, an, an awe of the presence of God. It is you know God in a way that's arresting, overwhelming, and that you feel your mortality in the presence of an immortal God. That's fearing God. You sense your unworthiness in the presence of this holy God. That's why you have to be taught who you are in Christ. You have to be taught the fear of the Lord, the healthy fear of reverential fear and worship of Jesus, or even in God's presence, you'll feel your unworthiness and you'll, you'll, you'll sense that 
insecurity and want to depart from God unless you understand the fear of the Lord, this, this wholesome respect for him and reverence of him. Let me just say this, and then we'll go to our, our phones, uh, take some of your questions. Um, Jesus, again, feared the Lord, Isaiah said. He delighted in the fear of the Lord. And in Matthew chapter 4, verse 10, there were four temptations or three or four, I think three, uh, three temptations that Satan threw at Jesus in the wilderness. And one of them was that if Jesus would worship him, he would give him all this authority that he had gained from Adam in the world. And Jesus said in Matthew 4.10, uh, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God only or only worship the Lord thy God and him only shall you serve. You will worship he said it was written, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. So Jesus quoted the Old Covenant. If he says it was written, where was it written? It was written in the Old Covenant. And it was written in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 13. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 13, the commandment was, you shall fear the Lord your God and him only. You shall fear the Lord your God and serve him and shall take oaths in his name. So Jesus used fear and worship interchangeably, interchangeably. He didn't misquote Deuteronomy. How many of you know Jesus is the word? I've heard, I've heard some people say Jesus misquoted the old covenant. <laughs> Jesus is the word. He didn't misquote it. He completed it. He fulfilled it. He explained it where Moses wrote, you shall fear the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Jesus, Jesus said, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. So he used worship and fear interchangeably. That's what worship is. It's fearing God. And those who, who know God's word, that's a safeguard, a boundary. Those who know his voice and train their ear to hear his voice. And now those who worship God, that's a safeguard against all this deception in our culture. That's a safeguard that you have to develop and teach your children to operate in. And it takes a revelation of God for people to fear God. And so let's take a, take a phone call. Uh, we've got uh, Sasha from Massachusetts uh, on the line. Uh, Sasha, thank you so much for calling. Uh, What's your question, please? Um, yes. Um, can you hear me? Yes, ma'am, I can. Okay. Um, John 10, 27, 29 in the New Living Translation says that no one can snatch them away from me, for my Father has given them to me. Um, so those who are walking away from the faith, did they really belong to God to begin with since they can't be snatched away? Yeah, that, that's a great question. And and there's a reconciling of those two viewpoints uh, that no one can take us away from God. No one can, can overpower our will and God's will and commitment to us. But if we are deceived and we choose to walk away, then, then God still honors our free will. He's not going to override our free will except in final judgment. 
God is sovereign with a capital S and ultimately is the judge of the cosmos uh, and all living things. And so <clears throat> in final judgment, God overrides the will of men. And you even see this in the old covenant that there were judgments from heaven, wrath from God revealed from heaven. And so God overrode people's will, but only in judgment. And so because we're not under God's judgment, uh, he's not going to override our free will. So you can choose, for instance, he's not going to stop someone from having an affair. Uh, does God love them? Absolutely. Is God with them? Yes. But if they choose to yield to temptation, God doesn't override their free will. And now there, there's consequences to that of sowing that kind of seed and reaping now a horrible harvest um, after our flesh. So as far as God and our salvation and our security, that's probably a, a, different, a different topic. But if people choose to walk away from God through yielding to these spirits and these doctrines of devils, then God honors that choice. But with it comes all these consequences, the hardening of the heart, the deafening of the ear to hear God. And so it just leads to some bad, bad stuff. So I just encourage everyone watching and even Sasha here as I answer her question to, to help people realize it's still dangerous to take heed, 1 Timothy 4, 1, take heed to these seducing spirits. And then he went on to say, if you go back and read it again, Sasha, he said that these people wind up speaking lies in hypocrisies that depart. They wind up searing their heart, their heart with a, 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 their conscience with a hot iron. So it's very deadly. So while I'm secure in Christ and Satan can't have me, he lost me, uh, he can still tempt me, and I can still make bad decisions to walk away from the Lord, to depart from the faith. That's why what we're doing is so important. It's why good community and church community and, and Bible studies and prayer meetings, these are things that are safeguards that help keep the heart sensitive to God. So I hope that I hope that helps. Thank you so much for calling, Sasha. Um, again, another question that came in was, how do we deal the, build these healthy boundaries? And then there's a comment about, about even in-laws and other people trying to hinder us, evidently, I think is the question. Um, we are responsible for our own boundaries, uh, whether people help us, whether people don't help us whether they hinder us from the boundaries or they enhance the boundaries. Uh, I recommend, you know, getting around people that enhance your boundaries. First uh, Corinthians 15, I think it's verse 34. I'm close. It's either 33 or, or 34 says, be not deceived. Evil communications will corrupt good manners. Awake unto righteousness and sin not. So, Awake unto righteousness and do not sin, for some do not have the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. So we, we can be deceived if we're hanging out with the wrong crowd. And if that's in-laws, family, then you need to love them. You need to minister at whatever level they will receive you at. Some of our in-laws, you can't, 
You can't witness to them verbally. But you can witness with your actions. You can witness with your love. You can witness with your loyalty, but not partaking of their evil deeds uh, because we can be deceived. Be not deceived. King James Bible says, I was quoting that, guys. Uh, be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Uh, then awake unto righteousness and sin not. So it's important that we develop personally these boundaries. Then we get around people that help encourage us in, in the boundaries. Let me go to Romans chapter 1. And we're talking about the fear of the Lord. We're talking about fearing God as a boundary or a safeguard from all of this deception that is in our culture that is unfortunately coming into the church and drawing many people away from, from the faith. And so Romans chapter 1 actually breaks down the process of becoming a reprobate in mind, of a apostate reprobate mind. And that's a mind that eventually is just void, a conscience that is so hardened, so seared with a hot iron that, that you literally do not think about God anymore. You're, you're void of a knowledge of God in your mind. And nobody gets there overnight. There's a process, just like deception. If, if you have friends or family members that have been deceived, brothers and sisters, I promise you, they didn't just wake up overnight deceived. If you had a friend that was serving God and involved in the community of faith, ministry of some kind, and now just doesn't want anything to do with God, that didn't happen overnight. They got seduced. They got tempted. They yielded. And they gave Satan place. And once you begin to give Satan place in sin, then he blinds your eyes. That's deception. He hardened your heart. That keeps you from hearing the voice of God. And then he gradually draws you away. That's how it, how it happens. And so these safeguards keep us and build, if you will, boundaries to live within, to traffic within, so that we can be blessed and, and a pleasure to God and a blessing to other people. Well, Romans chapter 1 is where the process begins to this apostate, apostate condition. In verse 18, uh, verses 16 and 17 talk about the gospel and how that we do not need to be ashamed of the gospel and that that is where the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel. Let's look at that. For in the righteousness of God, for the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. That's verse 17. Verse 16 says, my bad. Uh, it says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes for the Jew first then also the Greek, then verse 17 says that God's righteousness is revealed in the gospel. Righteousness is not revealed in the law. Sin is revealed in the law. Moses came to give us a revelation of sin, Romans 3.20. 
Righteousness with God is revealed in the gospel by faith in Jesus, and that faith we are justified, and it is from faith to faith. We grow in our faith, thereby our understanding of our right standing with God. But then he makes a statement about the wrath of God in verse 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. This is something you need to understand about ungodly people is they not only have walked away from righteousness, from God's definition of right and wrong, good and evil, they suppress the truth in their unrighteousness. That's what we see in our political parties today. That's what we see on these social media platforms. Many of us, myself included, have been canceled by some of these social media platforms and falsely accused of misinformation when it is they that are promoting misinformation information and suppressing the truth. I mean, if you want to really wise up this next election cycle, if you really want to understand the news and, and how to read the news, these people are dyslexic. Whatever they're saying about somebody else, they're guilty of. The next chapter in the book of Romans actually talks about that, how that men with ungodly hearts and ungodly lives judge other people according to their own hearts. Whatever they accuse someone else of, they themselves are guilty of. And you see this displayed mainly in politics today, that the media and many politicians, like for instance, the people that are accusing others of racism. I've been accused of racism and there's no racist bone in my body. And the very people accusing me of racism are projecting, psychologically projecting the condition of their own heart. All they see is race. And if you don't agree with them and their narratives and their wickedness, you'll be called a racist and other names. We'll get into those, those as the election unfolds because all those names are going to come back. But the Bible says, the truth says that these unrighteous men, they will suppress the truth in unrighteousness. That's what the cancel culture is, suppressing the truth. That's what the false accusations against anybody that has any Judeo-Christian principles, period, will be attacked in the culture because they're suppressing the truth in their unrighteousness. Then he says, because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God showed it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. And then he goes on to talk about the process. So how did it begin? People know there's a God. They reject him. They will not glorify him as God, and neither are they thankful. They won't worship God. They worship creation. They worship the planet. They worship idols. They worship themselves, a part of creation. They worship creation. Any worship 
that is not directed toward God, the Creator, is a worship of creation. And many people who worship themselves in their pride and arrogance are worshiping creation. And they become reprobate in their mind in time. And many of those people are in politics, they're in the news media, they're in Hollywood, and they're in our pulpits, many of them. And I'm not attacking anybody or calling anybody out by name, but I am calling out these seducing, deceiving spirits and doctrines of devils and that we need to have discernment. All right, let's go back to the phones. Uh, we'll take one of my favorite callers. Man, I appreciate you, Frank. Frank is from Missouri. He's a, a regular caller and always an inspiration. Thanks for calling, Frank. What's your question, please? God love you, man. Hey, uh, Thank you. I, uh, there and at the end is uh, I really love that you finish it out with the parable. Parable, isn't that isn't that right? Okay. Yeah. Okay, Frank, you're 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 break. Frank, can you hear me? You're yeah. you're breaking up a little bit, Frank. Are you in a bad cell? Yeah. Uh, is, is it any better right there now? There you go. So, anyway, right there. I'm Don't going, move. I'm going go ahead. <laughs> I've been accepted, and then, uh, anyways, I need your prayer and really the finances that I, I just in 30, 60, 100 fold blessing in order to get there. And really, what I'm going through right here is like kind of an evident token that I, that because that I've been so uh, adamant, you know, Ruthie uh, told me that I've been on the broadcast 60 times in the last. <laughs> couple three or four months and you guys really have opened up the window of heaven you know anyway anyways moving right along at the you know counsel and might uh the, the fear of the lord and the quick understanding and the fear of the lord uh, we were talking about that and uh, you were just talking about that so you know i i, I have the fear of the lord uh, it, but it's a quick understanding what am i supposed to do right now lord jesus and uh and, and yeah. uh, uh yeah, counsel and might. I got counsel all day long. You know, I, I can keep up with you with the with the word. I got a degree already, man. I have a bachelor's degree in in, in theology, but I don't have the might. I don't have the ministry, the the the, the mighty ministry, or that that. And I want to be a part of a mighty ministry. Is there is there something wrong with that? <laughs> anyway, no, no, I'm. I'm I probably want to pray for you because you're still breaking up. I think I, I think I understand. If I misunderstand, even in praying for you, it won't hurt you. Uh, and, and then you can call back when you have a better better sell. But I didn't realize you'd been on that much, uh, Frank. So thank you for being a part of Truth and Liberty. And I know that the other hosts obviously are being a blessing to you. But I do believe you fear God. I've heard you enough in your call uh, that you have this fear, this respect, this honor, this awe of God, that he is God and we're not, and that he is the source of our wisdom. He's the source of our knowledge. He's the source of our understanding. Those are some of the basics of the fear of the Lord, and you have that. And apart, if you'll go to the book of Psalms, just look up fear of the Lord in any concordance. There are many scriptures that talk about what I'm talking about, praising God, worshiping God, interchangeable with the fear of the Lord. And there are, are many Psalms that even talk about the blessing of the Lord. And I know your question had to do with 30, 60, and 100 fold. And uh, while Bible school is good, 
uh, knowledge is good. We need the wisdom. How do we apply that knowledge? That's where the fear of the Lord comes in. You can learn what the Bible says, but what does it mean? What is God saying? What does he mean? I know he said this, but what does he mean? And then how do I apply it? Faith without works is dead. So wisdom is the application of the knowledge. And so I, I just pray for you, Frank, in the name of Jesus, that your finances that you're in need of would come through. Others that aren't going to call Father but have the same question or the same need, we just release the provisions of the Lord. I just thank you for that for January 2024, this new year, that we are going to reap some 30, some 60, and some 100-fold, but we're all shooting for 100-fold. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for calling, Frank. I hope we get a better sale next time. All right, let's go to um, Opaline. Opaline, Opaline in Mississippi. Please forgive me. I'm certain I'm not saying your name right. Could you say it for me, please? Oh, it's Opaline. Opaline, I got it right. Praise the Lord. Yes, well, yes. what's your question, yes. Opaline? I've only got a minute left uh, on this segment. Okay. I, just, I just want to thank you for answering our questions. And that this is not on the subject you're on, but I know there's a lot of talk about food shortages. And I've just wondered yes. if uh, the Lord has showed you anything about that. I know he shows you a lot of things. Yeah, well, I really appreciate that, Opaline. And, and yeah, I mean, I believe the Lord has shown me things. Let me, let me say this about the fear of the Lord and the secrets of the Lord. Uh, to those who fear the Lord, uh, he reveals his secrets. So a, a, part, a part of the advantages of fearing God is to have the mind of God, get the ear of God in, in current events and things that are coming. And I do see a lot of things coming. And so I'm, I'm seeking God now on what is he showing me that's for me? And what's he showing me for, for the body of Christ? And, and that takes discernment. I'm going to take a 90-second break. I'll be right back, and I'll answer her question and take your phone calls. Andrew has many conferences and seminars around the globe each year. For the latest information on Andrew's complete speaking schedule, visit our website at awmi.net slash events. You were created with a purpose. Written in the heart of God. Long before you were born. He is calling you to find it. We want to help you experience His unconditional love to be equipped and empowered to become a world changer. Hey, you know, a big part of what we do here at Truth and Liberty is to provide you with the resources that you need in order to stand for truth in the public square. So I want to remind everybody to go to our website and check out our resources page at truthandliberty.net slash resources, where you can find material that discusses just about every issue we're facing today in our culture. And these are things that are prepared by our strategic partners and some of the uh, most influential and important organizations in America today. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Truth and Liberty. I'm your special guest host today, <laughs> Dwayne Sheriff. 
Andrew was not able to be with us. He's getting ready for the Phoenix, Arizona Gospel Truth Conference. And that starts tomorrow. And you need to go to AWMI and register for that conference. Uh, it'll be a blessing. Well, I'm sharing on the fear of the Lord. And again, um, Opaline uh, from Mississippi called and wanted to know about food shortages. Uh, and uh, has the Lord revealed anything to me? Well, we, we saw what corrupt government and a fraudulent media and even the CDC and the, and the evil that people are, if you will, doing to other human beings in the name of even health care uh, in the shutting down of our, our businesses during COVID-19, the shutting down of the, the chain supplies, supply chains from all over the world. So shortages were beginning to take place because of corrupt governments corrupt bureaucracies that have a greed for power, a greed for wealth, and they'll, they'll do anything to impoverish the masses to empower themselves. And so food shortage could be an issue on the horizon. I mean, I'm not one of these preppers, uh, but that doesn't mean I'm being wise necessarily just because I'm not a, a, a prepper like six months of food stored and all that kind of thing. But I do believe in preparation. I do believe that we could see food shortages uh, in the future because of other things that I see on the horizon with the corruption, not only in our political parties right now, but the corruption in the world uh, and this one world order, this Tower of Babylon uh, gathering of the nations uh, to to empower themselves over the over the world itself and the consequences of that. When you have governments beyond local government, and then especially even beyond state government to federal government, anybody watching right now, you may disagree with everything that you've heard, but you can't disagree with this: that one of the hardest things to do with the federal government is to hold them accountable to anything. You can't hold them accountable. So they have unaccountable power, and the more they are not held account to their corruption, the more corrupt they become. And that always leads to poverty, uh, to food shortages. That's what communism is all about. Millions have been starved by godless governments. And our government is on the path of a godliness, a godless, excuse me, anti-God, anti-Bible, anti-Judeo-Christian, anti-Western civilization direction. And it's because we took God out. And so we're, we're collapsing and, and we're in a black hole falling fast, but God is working and God is moving and I see God moving. And so I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen. I'm seeking God in that area, but Nothing wrong with being prepared. Uh, we should all be prepared to be able to survive a week or two uh, in a crisis, even a, a, a natural crisis, a hurricane, a, a tornado. I live in Oklahoma. So we have to be prepared to some degree to go a few days without electricity, 
um, water. We, all, we should all have uh, extra water on hand. And there's nothing wrong with having food. I just am not prepared to speak directly into it. And I certainly don't want to, to produce any fear. We are to live by faith and walk by faith and not by sight. And no matter what happens, God provides. And uh, we can be uh, prepared, but God is who we look to to provide. So let's go to Dottie from Louisiana. Uh, thank you, Dottie, for calling so much. What's your question, please? Hello. Thank you. Um, how does it compare that we have forgiveness of all sin by Jesus' sacrifice? But he said if we don't forgive, he cannot forgive us. That's, that was said before his death, and that would be sin. But how does that compare? I've always wondered about that. Yeah, those are, those are difficult to, to reconcile. Uh, I've reconciled them in my own heart and life, reconciled them in my ministry in the sense of uh, just because I'm forgiven, and I am, of, of past, present, and future tense sins. And Andrew has a lot of teaching on this that are outstanding. I have messages on righteousness, how that Jesus died for all of our sins on the cross. Not some, not most, not many, but all. And again, it throws people. I guarantee you there's people watching right now. How can God forgive a sin before you commit it? Well, when did God forgive us our sins? At the cross 2,000 years ago. All of our sins technically are future tense. So if God can't forgive or make an atonement for or pay the price for a sin I haven't committed, then none of my sins have been paid for. So that's how you reconcile that, that God has forgiven us. But when we do not forgive, we set ourselves in a place of, of not experiencing the forgiveness that we already have from God. It's not that God withholds the forgiveness and now he isn't forgiving us. We're not accessing that forgiveness. We're not experiencing the joy of that forgiveness and the fruit, blessings, and promises that come with being forgiven. We short-circuit our forgiveness when we do not forgive others. That's number one. Number two, Jesus is simply sharing and showing this, the severity of unforgiveness in our lives, how it cuts our prayers off, how that it makes our prayers ineffective, because it's not that God's not answering our prayer when we get in unforgiveness. It's that the devil is stealing it. <laughs> and so unforgiveness, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, it yields us to Satan. And so he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And then it hinders the fruit, again, of our forgiveness. You've got it basically right, too, that when he said that, that was under the old covenant law of conditional forgiveness. Under the new covenant, we're forgiven. But even, even when we sin, Dottie, when, when we who are forgiven sin, we go to God and we ask for our forgiveness. It's not that we're unforgiven. It's that we go to God and we receive our forgiveness that was bought and paid for so he can cleanse and wash us from the effects of that sin. Does that make sense? Are you still there? Yes, sir. Yeah, that, yes. Yes. Like yeah, when yeah. I, 1 John 1, 9, like 1 John 1, 9, when I, when I mess up, I fess up. I go to Jesus and I say, Lord, I'm sorry, forgive me. It's not that he's unforgiving me when I sinned. It's that I'm not experiencing the cleansing from that forgiveness. 
I've yielded myself over to Satan in sin, and he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So when I confess my sin, I'm receiving my forgiveness that I already have, that Jesus already bought and paid for, and what I'm actually doing is closing the door on Satan. When you won't forgive somebody, you're opening the door to Satan, and now you're not going to experience the joy of your forgiveness if you're withholding forgiveness. So I hope that helps. Thank you so much. All right. You're welcome. Thank you for calling. I appreciate it. Let's go to Claude uh, from Texas. Um, what is your comment, I guess, or your question, uh, Claude? Hi, Dwayne. I, I just want to Hi. appreciate the team for the wonderful messages that have been coming through. Really, I, I don't I don't have any question. I just want to say that I've been tremendously blessed by this program. And I pray that the Almighty God will continue to renew the strength of the team particularly Amen. you, and Amen. Uh, to Brother Andrew, to all the team. I think my, question, my questions will be coming up in the subsequent edition, but since it's the beginning of the new year, I just want to appreciate the team and pray for God's richest blessing and hope that more educative and spirit-filled programs, uh, topics will be discussed in uh, Truth and Liberty. Uh, that's just Amen. all I have, and I pray that the blessings of the Lord never cease from uh, from the team. What a, that's just all I have. What a blessing to even be thinking like that, brother. I, I appreciate it. The team appreciates it. They're monitoring the program as we speak. Um, Andrew may or may not review this particular program, but he keeps up with with all of us that are sharing. Uh, we have a relationship with him, and, and, and he's such a blessing. And let me just say to those that are watching, you know, your calls mean so much. The feedback, the, the input, uh, we appreciate them so much as host. And you need to know, like what Claude just did, there are other people that are watching that are thinking the same thing. And let me just encourage you to become a partner of Truth and Liberty. Uh, this this ministry is absolutely changing lives. It's touching lives. This upcoming election, I believe Truth and Liberty is going to explode and have an impact uh, for many years to come. And so we need partners, uh, and many of you are receiving. We're sowing into you. And uh, I think our partnerships just begin at $5 a month. They may have changed that this year. Forgive me if I'm wrong, uh, but I know they'd appreciate $5 a month in partnership uh, and get to know what's available to our partners. Uh, Truth and Liberty is a format where we can speak into the politics of today. Uh, we can speak into current events. Uh, I'm I'm thinking about and looking at trying to prepare some messages on current events and the news and just commenting on the news. And I think as we come into the elections, Claude, uh, people are going to appreciate truth and liberty a whole lot more. Uh, there'll be guests. We'll all have guests. I've got guests that I'm lining up that'll have firsthand information. Uh, I have a, a, a good friend, a partner to my ministry that is, is in the House of Representatives that is on the committee for the, the border. 
and, and, and border control. And, and he has inside information on our border. And we just can't get any honest information from the mainstream press on what's going on at the border and how important borders are. And how if we, if we don't have a border, brothers and sisters, we don't have a nation. And, and now we are a part of a one world order. Again, I made the comment, it's hard to hold local politicians accountable in our, in our county, much less our state, much less the federal government. When you take away the border, how do you hold people accountable in government in Mexico if we have no border? I mean, we're not a nation anymore. And God is the God who did these divisions, who created these borders, who created these separations for accountability purposes, among many other things. And so we'll be having guests on that have firsthand information of what's going on in Washington, D.C., that know how to speak the truth and speak it in love. It's going to be powerful. You want to be a part of this and changing our culture. The church is responsible for changing the culture, and the culture is responsible for the politics. Politics is downstream of culture. Fifty years ago, none of these people in the Democratic Party and many of these people in the Republican Party could not have been elected because of the culture. They would not have been a proper representation of their districts, and they could not have been elected with the, the woke agenda that they're parading in. And, and, and running on. And so culture is the responsibility of Christians, of the church. Then the culture changed the politics, and then the politics changes the quality of life and kind of life we're going to live in a decent, ordered society. And I promise you, truth and liberty is going to be a source of information. So make sure you learn to go to the website, truthandliberty.net, truthandliberty.net, and that you keep up with the current news and the news sources that we're making available. And again, as the election heats up, we're going to lean into some of these things, and you're going to want to be a part. So pray about being a partner and helping keeping us on the air, keeping our staff in place. We're growing, and so we need more partners. So thank you for praying about being a partner. All right, thank you so much for that, that call. Uh, uh, now, let's go back to... Um, the fear of the Lord. Because again, the fear of the Lord is to depart from evil. Why do I know there's no fear of God like there used to be in our culture? Because people celebrate evil. They don't depart from it. They literally are celebrating evil today. And, and, and you need to not be a party to that. You need to fear God and depart from, from evil. All right, let's look at, at Job 28. Job came to a tremendous revelation of God and uh, endured his tribulation with patience, wound up on the other end with twice as much as he lost. And listen at Job 28, 28. Job 28, 28. And to man he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. 
Think about that, brothers and sisters. We are listening to people, and we're trying to receive instruction in our political arenas from the national media. We're trying to receive instruction on what's going on and what would be some solutions. And these people have no fear of God. They absolutely have no fear of God. So the Bible says they have no wisdom, and because they embrace evil, celebrate evil, enshrine evil now into law, then they have no understanding. Why are we listening to evil people with no fear of God for solutions for our country, for solutions for the situations we're facing in our school systems? Drag queens in the library reading books to our children is not a solution to better education for our children. That is a lack of the fear of God, and they have no wisdom, and they have no understanding. So we need to, to make sure that we are putting these safeguards and things that produce and facilitate the fear of the Lord. Number one is the Word of God. You get in the Word of God, and it will produce a fear of God the scriptures teach in the book of Psalms, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. God's word in our hearts sanctify us, set us apart from evil that I might not sin against you. So instead of departing from the faith and being a part of this great falling away that's taking place, I believe in our culture and in the church, if we'll get back to the scriptures, the simplicity of the scriptures, then, then we, will, we will fear God. That means we'll depart from evil. You know, when I share on these things, I've heard Andrew share on some of these things. We did a meeting one time together, and uh, he was sharing on the fear of the Lord, and I, just, I enjoyed it so much. Uh, many people will come up to us, though, and they'll say things like, well, that's the Old Covenant. That's all in the Old, the old Testament. But in the, in the book of Romans... Chapter 12, I'm trying to find this scripture, Romans chapter 12, it talks about repaying no man with evil in verse 17, living at peace with all men as much as lies within us. I didn't go back far enough, but this is the new, new covenant, there it is. Romans chapter 12, verse 9 says, Let love be without hypocrisy. Don't be a hypocrite in your love. Now, the world's love is filled with hypocrisy. But there's a love, God's kind of love, that we are to have that is without, the King James Bible says, dissimulation. It's not diluted. It's not hypocritical. The world's love is not love at all. It's perversion. It's, it's, it's corruption. It's evil. And yet there's a love that's God's kind of love that is without dissimulation. It's without hypocrisy. Look at it again. Verse 9, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good, be kindly affectionate to one another in brotherly love. 
honoring and giving preference one to another. Just a lot of good things about good Christian character there that he goes on to, to elaborate on. But a love that is a hypocritical love is a love that embraces evil. What the world calls love is filled with dissimulation. It does not abhor evil. It is not out of the fear of God. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. The fear of the Lord is to abhor evil and cleave to good. A pure love, God's kind of love, abhors, hates, shuns evil. Not, not people, but evil in our world. And then it clings to what is good. Well, the only thing that's good, brothers and sisters, is God. And we need to cling to God. And we need to, to have a pure, non-hypocritical love. You can't say you love people and then celebrate evil that's killing them. I'm going to say that again. You can't say you love someone and condone, embrace, and celebrate evil that's destroying their minds, destroying their bodies, destroying their families, destroying God's beautiful, perfect plan for their lives. We embrace so many things in this culture, calling it love because we're deceived. And I'm not being critical. I'm saying, let's wake up. Let's quit celebrating what God calls evil and let's abhor it, and then let's cleave with all our heart and might to what is good. All right, let's go back to, to some of our, our questions. One of the questions submitted is, how do we learn to fear the Lord? What's a practical way to fear the Lord? All right, the way we learn and are taught the fear of the Lord is not just by people alone, but anointed men and women of God who teach the Word of God will instruct us in the fear of the Lord. And a practical way, again, are some of the things that, that I'm teaching. Uh, I'll give you number four here before we run out of time, but just getting in the Word of God in general, getting and setting under some good anointed teachers, Ephesians chapter 4 says that God has given us ministry gifts. Verse 11 all the way through verse 16 of Ephesians 4 that there's fivefold ministry gifts. There's apostles and 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 prophets and and uh, evangelists and pastors and teachers. There there are those ministry gifts that God has given us to mature us. And so you need to you need to find some good ministries that are preaching the word of God, that are uncompromising in their love for God, in their loyalty to God. And unfortunately, brothers and sisters, there's not many out there, but you can find them. God will lead you to people that you, you can hear what they're saying and, and it resonates with you. And that's a practical way to learn and develop the fear of the Lord is good teaching. Again, just learning God's word will produce a fear. It'll produce a holy, healthy fear, reverence and worship, praise and thanksgiving to God. And that'll keep you from going backwards, Romans chapter 1, and teach you to go forward, Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. So we want to be established in the faith. We want to be steadfast in the faith. We have to be taught, Colossians chapter 2, verses 5 
through, through 7. So get in a good church. If you can't find a good church, I know in some places it just seems impossible to find a good church, then uh, connected to a good parachurch ministry that is sharing the Word of God. Number two, learn to hear God's voice. Practice the presence of God. Practice hearing God in the sense of be obedient to what you know God is saying to you. In James chapter 1, it talks about in James chapter 1 that we need to be doers of the Word of God and not hearers only, deceiving ourselves. Satan, for some of us, can take a vacation. He doesn't have to deceive us. We're deceiving ourselves by hearing God's Word and rejecting it, by hearing God's Word and not acting in faith on the Word of God. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. In other words, the people who say they love God and reject His Word are lying. They're deceivers. Those who love God obey God. So learn to do the simple things in the voice of God. Learn to give where He tells you to give. Learn to be kind and acts of kindness. You're developing an ear to hear God when you reach out to people as the Lord leads you. He'll put people on your heart. I've got a series of teachings called Divine Guidance uh, and Being Led by the Lord. i got a new book coming out this year on Divine Guidance. And in that, I have a couple of chapters on the voice of God. I've taught some on the voice of God. You can grow in learning to hear God as you act on these simple things. One of the ways we keep from being deceived is in Corinthians 11. Paul is saying uh, in 2 Corinthians 11, I fear for you, lest as the serpent beguiled Eve with his subtlety, your heart should be corrupted from the simplicity that's in Jesus. How did Satan deceive Eve? He took her away from the simplicity of God's Word. God said, don't eat, and if you eat, you'll die. I mean, and the devil tried to make nuance out of that and, and, and said God lied, you won't die, and he knows things and he's holding things back from you. And so <laughs> Satan literally convinced Eve in disobedience she would be wise. No, obedience is what makes you wise obeying God, following God. So practice hearing the voice of God in doing what you think God tells you to do, testing it, trying it. Stick with the simplicity. So there was God's word, God's voice, fearing God, then the simplicity that's in Jesus. Everything takes us back to Jesus. Keep it simple and you won't be deceived. Hey, I've got just enough time maybe for one more phone call here. Let's take Connie. Connie is calling from Ohio. Uh, Thank you for calling, Connie. What is your question? Uh, Dwayne, thank you so much for taking my call. I just have a question that's real simple. Um, okay. Does yoga and the Enneagram have any place in the church? Uh, I'm not as familiar with those to answer this point blank. Uh, I'm, I'm just not familiar enough with the practices of yoga uh, and an enneagram that I can answer point blank. All I know is that whatever yoga is offering or these other things we have in the cross and we have in Jesus. Just like I taught one time on Christian meditation 
And uh, people thought I was teaching again on yoga and transcendental meditation. And uh, they had no concept that meditation is a New Testament and Old Testament principle of, of resting the mind, developing the mind, setting the mind on God, and, and now going through true mind renewal so you can be trans, transformed. So I wish I knew more. I hate to leave you hanging without just a point-blank answer, <laughs> but I, I don't know enough about those two things to really answer, I, but I know enough about the Word of God that whatever those are offering, the church needs to make sure that we're not offering anything that takes people away from the kingdom of God or biblical practices. Meditation is a biblical practice, but a lot of these other programs, they, they're not teaching Christian meditation, uh, Christian uh, practices. So I would say if I had time, I've only got a minute left, and you could share some things with me, I could answer you more directly uh, but I'm just not familiar with. I hate to end the program with, with that, but thank you for calling. Uh, I hope I helped a little bit. Uh, call back again. I'll look up those two things, and maybe next time I can give a better answer. Thanks so much. Well, again, we're running out of time. We want to encourage you, again, the Word of God uh, and meditating in it day and night. <laughs> Old Testament principle, New Testament principle, because when you meditate, set your mind on God, that's how you, that's how you bring your, your body into alignment, your spirit, soul, and body into alignment is by meditating on God, uh, meditating on his promises. Uh, fearing God uh, was number three. Number two was God's voice. Number four was the simplicity of Christ. Work on these things this year, and I believe that you will grow in the fear of the Lord. Man, I appreciate you not hanging up on me because I'm not Andrew today, but I think I was a blessing. I know you were a blessing to us. Thanks for being a part of Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining today's Truth and Liberty livecast. You can watch today's and past livecasts in our archives at truthandliberty.net. Our goal is to educate Christians and connect them with resources and organizations to help them impact their sphere of influence. You can help us accomplish this by making a donation at truthandliberty.net slash donate. Join us next time for more Truth and Liberty.